Yo, what's happening at City Church? Uh, this is Paul. I am a member here at City Church. I'm on the story team, and I am here with our most amazing pastors, a few of our pastors. I'll go around and go ahead and introduce them. We're here with the, the musician of all musicians, Big Joel. Hello, hello. We're here with the theologian, master theologian, Pastor Corey. <laughs> Greetings. And we're here with the most Texanist man from Texas. <laughs> Howdy! How y'all? Brother Jason. Well, we get musician, theologian, and Texas man. <laughs> Fine. I've been called I'm worse. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Look, I think kick- folks from Texas would say you've been called the best. Amen. Here. There you go. There you go. No, man. Uh, so, again, uh, we're here. We're here again, guys, just to speak over just our, our regular rhythms of uh, our liturgical calendar, guys. We are headed into the season of Lent. And uh, Lent starts March 2nd. Uh, we have our personal disciplines and our communal practices, right? But in this time of Lent, for you all who do not know, I think it's good for us to go into kind of the the meaning of everything and just so you guys get the, the grasp of what's happening right now. So let me kick it over to whomever. Uh, guys, what is Lent? When does it start? When, when, what, mm-hmm. what is it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I can start. I can start. Um, Lent is a season where we've talked in the past about uh, Epiphany being about the life of Jesus. Lent is about the death of Jesus. So it's, a, it's a little bit more than that. We'll talk about that, but but it can be encapsulated in the death of Jesus. And Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus. Lent traditionally um, is kind of framed around uh, the idea of Christ going out into the wilderness for 40 days. Oftentimes a fast is, uh, we'll talk about this, so that is going to be our personal discipline. Uh, a, f- a fast is accompanied in that, in that season, just like Christ did, we see in the gospel accounts. Um, but it also is kind of this turn in the life of Jesus where his ministry begins to take shape. And specifically, his eyes being set toward Jerusalem. Ooh, sorry, I just moved this. His no eyes one being, could see that. <laughs> his eyes being set toward Jerusalem uh, is is uh, in in the in the gospel narratives. We see that as kind of like this. Everything that happens after that, it's all moving toward this culminating moment of the death of Christ on the cross. So Lent is about the death of Christ, but it's also kind of just about the journey to the mm-hmm. cross. So. Yeah, I think maybe a, a couple often potential misunderstandings that people have have as well. Uh, oftentimes, you know, Lent can be associated with uh, it's just something that the Roman Catholic Church does, and obviously it's present in the Roman Catholic Church. And part of the Reformation was some uh, disagreements among the reformers with regarding Lent, and uh, Zwingli. You know, got mad he couldn't eat his sausages during Lent, so he, you know, that was part of wanting to eat sausages uh, 500 years ago. Uh, but <laughs> great theological debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. That sounds uh, fair to me. You got to eat your sausage. That sounds fair. Sounds fair. And anyway, but there, Lent has been practiced for hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, and it is practiced today across many Protestant denominations. Yeah. So Presbyterians, Anglicans. Um, um, uh, Eastern Orthodox. Yeah. Baptists, uh, you have yeah. Baptist churches that do it. Baptists. Some Anabaptist traditions do it as well. Yeah. So, uh, and how it's fleshed out and practiced is different within each of those traditions, part um, in consistency with kind of their theological traditions and, and, and things. So, anyway, so it's um, for some people who grew up in maybe a high church tradition, they'd be very familiar with Lent. Uh, for someone who didn't, uh, they'd be very skeptical of Lent. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, just recognize that people come at this from 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 different. Places. Yeah, there's also kind of like a pop culture sort of sort of idea of it, right? Where there's like you know, like people are fasting and like oh, yeah. you know, it's like oh, I'm gonna you know. Just like from like a health standpoint, like yeah. I've, I've heard that kind of being popular yeah. in, in culture. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll just yeah. do that. Big hashtag moment, you yes. know. So you can put it on social media. What are you yes. giving up for Lent? And let's, yeah. let's all me. brag about Fish it. Fish fry on Fridays. Yeah. 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 Just really quick, too. I just it, it, it's, If anyone's kind of like jumping into this, like the the seasons themselves, this the liturgical calendar, what we're trying to do is to live out the story of Jesus in our personal lives and see uh, not only how it shapes what we do on Sundays and informs you know what what we do when we gather, what we read when we gather the sermon series and all, all of that stuff. Um, but also like the podcast I think is specifically geared toward trying to help each of us in our personal lives, live out the story of Jesus. And so the seasons are just moving through the story of Jesus. So Advent being about the coming of Christ, Christmas being the Christ incarnate coming in as, as uh, coming into the world as a baby, Epiphany about the life and ministry of Christ, Lent now about the death of Christ and the journey to the cross. Yeah. And not just the death, but that when you say the journey to the cross of just the, the suffering and sacrifice That's right. associated with that journey. So one of the things that we will be doing so um this coming sunday so today's what february the 22nd yeah two 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 uh so this coming sunday uh, <laughs> all the two all the two and it's tuesday yeah. uh this coming sunday we will end our series conversations with jesus mm-hmm. and then the following sunday uh will be the first sunday of, of lent and we will start a new series walking with jesus and what we're going to do is is kind of uh, skip through the Gospel of Mark. We've been hovering around Mark chapter two and three, and then you know Joel mentioned earlier about this kind of eyes toward Jerusalem. But looking at passages where Jesus is talking and teaching about mm-hmm. sacrifice and suffering as it relates to his life, but also as it relates to his followers. So, mm-hmm. um, so obviously that culminates in his death, mm-hmm. um, but his death. Is the culmination of, of kind of again the eyes toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem means a life willing to suffer and sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, for the work of the kingdom. Yeah. So. And just very practically speaking, it's you see this. There's the juxtapositions, right? Of um, you have Advent is that kind of longing and waiting for for Christmas, and similarly, you have Lent is kind of this like um, like delving into the reason that Jesus had to die and suffer, um, mm-hmm. reflecting on sin and the. Uh, the world that is broken, looking mm-hmm. forward to, so that the beauty of of Easter is contrasted against that celebration versus like you know feasting versus fasting, mm-hmm. all that kind of a thing. So contrast. So would you all say like the tone of Lent, like if we're to kind of run it through, kind of an emotional dynamic, like we're, we're happy Jesus is coming, right? We get that in Advent, right? He his life, he's here with us, and now his death. Like, what's kind of the general emotional tone mm. around Lent? Like, how should we be kind of processing it? That's good. Totally. Yeah, I think there's one. There's several words you could you could use. Uh, I think one uh, reflective, uh, yeah. contemplative, yeah, right. uh, and those things. Particularly reflective on one, why Jesus had to come and suffer and die mm-hmm. because of my sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there, I just because uh, uh, I know people hear the, this in different ways and they process it in different ways. So just I think one exhortation to people who are prone to be reflective mm-hmm. all all year and very aware of their sinfulness yeah. um, that although we have these seasons in the liturgical 
uh, calendar, the reality is is that Easter has happened. Mm-hmm. The resurrection. We had, know how the story is. Yeah, yeah. yeah the re- right. You know, so as you are <laughs> reflecting on, hey, like, like, you know, how can I reflect upon maybe a time of repentance and mm-hmm. being uh, maybe more deeply aware of my sin? Uh, don't don't stay there. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, Jesus said, we know the end of the story. Jesus does go to the cross. He is raised from the dead, mm-hmm. and so the point of Lent is not to be. Woe is me! Yeah. Uh, that we still live in light of the gospel, yeah. uh, but it is a season to where we are reflecting on. I mean, somebody similar to Advent, where you're anticipating the coming of Christ, but we know Christ was born. Like he, yeah. like he, the incarnation yeah. has happened. Yeah. Uh, so you want to always process it in light of the gospel, so that you're not unnecessarily, you know, uh, getting to a place that that. You shouldn't be as a Christian. Because that is reality, right? We're still in the already, but not yet. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. The victory has been won, but we find ourselves mm-hmm. in, in this world and in this, this brokenness that we, we have to learn how to deal with that. And That's so exactly it requires right. some of that reflection yeah. and contemplation. Yeah, yeah, I don't man. know if you guys said other words. Yeah, well, actually, just just yeah. on that, I have yeah, to talk sorry. about that. Sorry, man. Uh, the, the that already not yet like paradigm. This is something that I think about a lot in planning corporate worship. Uh, it's just that there are some traditions, and I think we could probably all point to some services that we've been a part of that maybe um, go too far one way or mm-hmm. the other, uh, right? So, in saying the the already realities uh, that are true for us in Christ, if we're so far on the other end that someone who is in deep suffering no. can't participate, mm-hmm. that we probably have gone too far, right? Mm-hmm. Or on the other end, if we're in the not yet, and we're thinking, man, like we're we're, we're barely even like getting close to hope at this mm-hmm. point, you know? Yeah. Like I think that we're then again too far, right? Like this, uh, this back and forth, and already not yet is is like the the dance of the Christian life. Like we are back and forth, and that's why the cal- the calendar is actually really really helpful in this because regardless of what season we're in. If we are in that season, then it's helpful and it resonates. It's great. Mm-hmm. But if we're not in that season, it's training us and helping us to remember that that season is, is likely coming, yeah. uh, whether it's you know a week away or a month away. But it's it's coming. If you're not lamenting now, you will lament at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not rejoicing now, you will rejoice yeah. at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been in my personal Bible reading. I've been uh, reading through Hebrews uh, right now, and it's that you know that idea that that Jesus, the perfect Son of God, was perfected through his suffering like you know what is that it was it was you know jesus had the opportunity to show his you know um his lack of sin his whatever and like so suffering was an important part of even you know the perfect son of god um being able to be the perfect sacrifice for us and um i think that's just it's a good time for us to reflect on that that we do still live in a broken world our our flesh still wars against us the world the flesh you know the devil are our enemies still and we're in that reality and so to to skip past that and only to think about the celebration of easter mm-hmm. leaves us in a vulnerable spot when we do face suffering mm-hmm. you know we don't know what to do with it so this is a, a chance to kind of like learn how to think about suffering, mm-hmm. maybe when you're not even in it, and so it trains yeah. you to be able to face it when it sh- most assuredly will come. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. word that comes to mind, I think, is is um, uh, is is suffering or sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Just that, that that idea. Even just like um, I know we're going to talk about fasting in just in just a moment, but um, like the, that idea of of sacrifice for a purpose, mm. right? Like the, the, the sacrifice of Christ was not purposeless. Mm. Uh, it, it did something. Mm. Uh, and I think that there, there's a, a clear call to Christians to, 
to suffer for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I think in some contexts, you don't have to explain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our context, I think yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it catches us off guard yes, sometimes. That's the way right. that we, yeah. Yeah. We've, we have yeah. medicated ourselves so much and entertained ourselves to death that it's very hard to understand what it, what it means really to, to mm-hmm. suffer, even though we do have this underlying sense of, of suffering. We just don't have the tools or the vernacular to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, as we've been doing our uh, our personal disciplines, right? And uh, what is the personal discipline that we're kind of attaching to this time to help us as a church with our spiritual formation? Yeah. So, and this is, you know, this is very traditional. Um, we even talked about that this was even kind of framed around Jesus fasting for mm-hmm. 40 days in the wilderness. Um, so it is fasting. And so, yeah, that's that's what we're, we're choosing to invite you into as a, as a personal discipline. Uh, because it does fit so well with this season. And so uh, basically what fasting is, like, and this is something I want to clarify. Some people would disagree with me. Um, the purists, though, would say <laughs> that fasting is particularly abstaining from food. Mm-hmm. Now, you will hear people say in our culture all the time, and it's it's become even very popular with just um, people for health reasons, whether mm-hmm. it's food or social media or whatever for your mental health, um, that is just abstaining from whatever. But, you know, in the scriptures you see, and like really the, the pure definition of fasting is abstaining from food mm-hmm. for a period of time for the purpose. And this is where mm-hmm. um, it becomes Christian fasting, right? That you are doing it for the purpose of being formed into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, like lots of people fast. Lots of religions practice fasting. People mm-hmm. practice fasting again for health, all kinds of different things. But it becomes particularly a spiritual discipline um, in Christian formation, when you are doing it for the purpose of entering into Christ's like suffering, and um, and doing it for mm. the purpose of becoming like like Jesus. Mm. So, one uh, one note, uh, just because I'm sure people are asking, yeah. why why is it that Jason said what he said about the the connection of, of food? That I mean, are, there are other distractions in the time of Christ in the Old Testament, but those aren't mentioned. I, and it is, it can be good and beneficial to fast from social media. Absolutely, and, and all those oh, things. Totally, so, yeah. uh, and anything else you put that that's a that's a good thing. Not from Facebook though. <laughs> I assume how do you even obvious? live without being connected the most on Facebook? Is media. that the same as <laughs> I think Facebook? you mean Meta? Uh, uh, meta. I'm I think sorry. you mean Meta. Meta. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Couldn't help myself. We digress. But those things are not essential to our our life, as hard as it's maybe to understand. It's like our our life is not dependent upon these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. That God made our bodies in such a way, and food in such a way, is that in that we do have to have food. Yeah. We don't have to have social media to live. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have you know other recreational things to live. We do have to have food and water to live. So by fasting from those things, it is a uh, I mean, when, there's a reason why Jesus says, you shall not live by bread alone, mm-hmm. but by the very word of God. Mm-hmm. That I think you see in the narrative of Scripture that you see this in Exodus account, that food is meant to convey, you see in the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a continual, right. like one of the reasons why, why do we have to eat every day and not once a month like some other mm-hmm. animals, mm-hmm. is because it's meant to teach us daily continual de- mm-hmm. dependence mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the Lord. So good. fasting... Mm-hmm. From food, mm-hmm. I think conveys that in a much more, in a in a, in a heavier way, yeah. uh, in a theological mm-hmm. way than other other yeah. things. So it's yes. not meant to say don't do other things that can be good and healthy, healthy as well. Totally. But that's why Jason is saying like the importance mm-hmm. of, of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. thinking about it in Philippians, you know, for for me to live is Christ and to die is is gain. It's kind of that that sense of like. 
uh, well, you 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 won't die without social media. You will die without without yeah. food. And obviously, no no one is uh, looking for you to die through your <laughs> fasting. Uh, but but that sense of you're gaining Christ. Um, mm. That there, there is that, that's that that like that that purposeful sacrifice um, that uh, you know, Jason. I know that you you wrote some uh, you wrote you wrote some some things up that that are going to be up on the website and people can can be yeah. checking that out and stuff. But like, um, how do, how do you know that you're like fasting well? Okay, so like, yeah. what does what it what does it look like to fast then? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's great. And so, and just to, just to back up and talk about like the the concept, a lot of people have referred to or talked about fasting that you are starving the flesh in order to feed the spirit. Mm. And so, you know, the Paul loved to talk about the flesh, and the flesh, you know, it's not just the body. The body is not evil in and of itself, but the flesh is really kind of like just our kind of disordered desires that we naturally yeah. have as fallen, mm. broken people. And you know, the some of the old saints used to say the mortification of sin, the yeah. mortification of our flesh, and you know, those concepts come from the places like what Paul speaks about in Galatians 5. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, of fasting is like the fasting in and of itself. Again, these are always just a means to an end, a means to let the power of the Spirit to join with Christ mm-hmm. um, so that He can do His work, so that He can form us. Um, but fasting is just a way of kind of like crucifying the flesh, of like that's the one thing that... In, if you practice this, like if you want to test me on this, go ahead. Hmm. But what you will quickly start to realize, like how, like your weaknesses. Hmm. Um, I, I use a quote in there that you can read, but I won't quote it verbatim right now. But when you fast, it is guaranteed. Like these ugly things that just live inside of you, your flesh will come to the surface. Hmm. One of the first ones is is pride. Like you will be tempted to like trumpet the fact that you are fasting. Like that's just going to be a thing. Like you want people to notice it and you'll find yourself Mm -hmm. like wanting to kind of like work it into a conversation in some like sanctified way or whatever. (laughs) And like, so that's the first thing that will kind of, well, but then like all of a sudden, like at 11 AM when you've skipped breakfast, you're going to get hangry Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you will realize just how weak you actually are Mm -hmm. and how your flesh just starts saying, give me what I want. Um, And so it's just, Mm -hmm. it's a way of just kind of like, crucifying that flesh because that's you know we are called to do that jesus died for us we don't do that but he even he calls us like to Mm. take up our cross and paul kind of riffs on that it says like crucify the flesh Mm. um and like let the spirit lead and Mm. take over um and this is just that's it's a discipline it's a practice that allows us to do that what i hear you saying jason If you are choosing to fast, it may be wise to fast on social media that day as well. So you're not you're not tempted to play, place it uh, on yes. on uh, yes. on the on the meta on the yes. on the meta. Just don't call it fasting. See, I'm abstaining. I'm not going to you know. Mm. I'm not going to play video games. I'm not going to be on social media. Some people would just call that growing up. I don't know. Like <laughs> might be. A, I think. Sorry, I just offended. Like ninety five percent of our church, but like Jason um, at but fasting church. in particular, yeah. I think th- those are actually great practices to bring alongside this. But fasting in particular will have mm-hmm. a way of like rooting out those things and showing you quickly um, what your flesh does. And I just, as you know, again talking about bragging about it, as I have you know incorporated this into my life over the years, and it it is something that you you know I've experienced that that even like other kinds of sin that I might be struggling with in that season mm-hmm. become distasteful to me and I notice that like mm. it's just like it's just like being hungry. It's like this hunger for something that's 
but it's not good for me, right? Mm. And it's um, mm. and you have time, and you know. So any, you you asked about practically, what does this look like? How mm. do I know I'm fasting well, or what am I doing? So um, the thing that we're encouraging you to do, and this again, this will be in a document that you will have access to. Uh, but it's uh, we are encouraging you to pick one day a week during the season of Lent. Um, to abstain from food. And so basically what you need to do is determine the date and then determine the time period. And that can be, I'm going to skip one meal. It could be, I'm going to go 24 hours. You could even do what's you know referred to as a monk fast where you go 36 hours. There's something about um, going to bed hungry <laughs> that, that really like drives this wow. home. And that's, that's wow. a way that people have used to like identify with the poor um, and the less fortunate is that, you know, go to bed with an empty stomach one time and see what that does to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but anyway, whatever time period you choose, do that uh, on that day. And the 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 typical um, practice is to just abstain from food. You can still have water, you know, coffee without a bunch of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those kind, any kind of liquids, those kinds of things. Um, but then you would abstain from food for whatever period of time. And, you know, the time that you would typically take to prepare meals and to eat meals and all of that stuff, um, use that time to pray, to mm. reflect mm. in this season of Lent on your sin. Um, and and then every time you have those, when, it, when you start getting hangry, when you start having those hunger pangs, mm. when you start like feeling sorry for yourself in that moment of, I want food, uh, use yeah. that as a time to like bring that to the Lord and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, show your dependence on Him. And and to just you know yeah. be gosh so, yeah. yeah one practical addition to what Jason has just said uh, this would be in the Lent resources as well use that time that you would normally have for praying reflecting uh, and if you're saving money set that money aside mm-hmm. for all things new offering mm-hmm. uh, that will be coming in May uh, so that that recommendation will be one of hands recommendations yeah. in the in the yeah. Lent resources and really like the whole idea that the the old term alms giving that is also a very traditional mm-hmm. um, like practice um, so that that would line up right. very well with this um, I do have a few like I, I do want to because I don't know if everyone reads the documents I do want to say <laughs> a sure few things like side <laughs> notes uh, I'm not accusing anyone I'm just saying but like there there is no thou shalt fast like command this is not something that is commanded um jesus you know there are passages of scripture where he almost assumes Mm -hmm. that his disciples would be fasting but again these are a means to an end they're not commandments so if you have had an eating disorder in the past if you have struggled with like a legalistic or abusive church culture and there's Mm -hmm. this air of this like you know imposing like legalistic practices on you um if you you know there's a lot of things if you have health like problems, if you're a diabetic or other things, like consult with doctors, therapists, pastors, mm-hmm. like any of those things. Like this is not a you're commanded to do this. It's simply, uh, really, I think, effective, good means to an end. Mm-hmm. If you are in a position to do it, but don't just go into it willy nilly without you know. If you have experienced any of those things, um, you know, do this wisely. Mm-hmm. And I would love to chat with you um, or point you in the right direction for that. So. Mm-hmm. So Jesus in in Lent, as we're focusing on his the sacrifice of the cross, right, and his death, mm-hmm. and then for us as a response for our spiritual formation as a church, the personal discipline, right, of fasting, almost uh, as we've talked about, is the connection between us also sharing in the same kind of sacrifice with that kind of in our hearts and minds. That's 
solid mm-hmm. thing for us personally, like just that connection as we're focusing in Lent. But as we all know, like our our that's our personal thing. We are also in community. So what is our communal practice is also going to look like as we're also in this space as well. Yeah, totally. So I'll, I'll take that. Um, what we're doing is encouraging um, a gathering in your home uh, on what's called Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday is uh, traditionally is the, the night that Christ instituted the Lord's Supper when he's with uh, the apostles uh, and he gives them the command. Uh, that's Maundy, apparently. We just learned this because, you know, we don't know everything. <laughs> Paul, Shockingly, Paul, Paul we looked don't. it up. Uh, Mondi, the same word like mandate comes from this this Latin word that means command. Um, and so it's, it's, it's rooted in Maundy Thursday is... Um, uh, during during Lent and uh, is, is actually during Holy Week, which we'll talk about a little bit more in, in just a second as well. Uh, but Maundy Thursday is referring to when Christ gave us the command um, to practice the Lord's Supper. So you'll get a resource th- that's kind of outlining a liturgy, basically, where you'll have uh, people into your home to have a meal. Uh, these are people from the church, neighbors, whatever it might be. Really what we're aiming at, again, we, we're talking about how you personally Live out the story of Jesus. So this isn't something that this isn't a church function that we're trying to get you guys to come to. This is actually more like a Christmas Eve dinner. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we're trying to help you in your family, whatever your family looks like, to build traditions. And in this Maundy Thursday meal, maybe I've never done a Maundy Thursday meal at my house, right? So so this could be, you know, for, for, for many of us, maybe the start of a new tradition in our homes where we're inviting people in. Uh, going through this liturgy together, very simple. You know, we're reading scripture and praying and just kind of remembering. Uh, we won't be receiving the Lord's communion uh, in that in that context. Just uh, full disclaimer. And if you want to talk about that more, we could talk about that. Not right now. Uh, it's a whole conversation. But um, that that is something that we're really excited um, to to see some people take that into their homes and and practice this in their personal lives. How do you build your own traditions out of the story? Of Jesus, that's what we're aiming at. Monday Thursday, yeah. makes sense. Yep, indeed. Amen. We can so, talk about Holy Week. Yeah. Just the, so uh, another thing we're going to do this will be the first time we've done this, uh, and this isn't unique to us. Uh, this is something um, a lot of times, even different reading plans do this. And I would say this moves us away from that kind of personal aim of the personal discipline and the communal practices where we're trying to this aim. This is something we're doing. Now, now, yes. we're, now we're talking about Thank something. Thank you for that, that transition, is, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> just making sure. I'm just making sure. Yes. It's confusing. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, going that's on. good. No, it is. It's good. Um, beginning on Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday before Easter Sunday, uh, we will... Uh, begin having uh, a very brief time to pray and hear from uh, a reading of the Gospels throughout the week of Holy Week. Um, so we have more details in the, in the memo in, in the coming weeks. Uh, but for example, like on Monday morning, um, early enough time to where for most people, hopefully you can come and then, and then go to work uh, for just 15 minutes. We're going to read a passage from the Gospels from the week uh leading up to the crucifixion of Christ. Uh, we'll read that from the Gospels. We'll spend a couple minutes praying, you know, 15 minutes, and then we're done. And again, the, the purpose of that is just each day, just having a little bit of extra time where we can come together for anyone that is want, wants to and is able um, to hear accounts from the Gospel of Holy Week and pray together uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ as we consider the significance of, of Jesus' death.
So that's good. So we've never done that before. So we'll see yeah. how, how it goes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, and, and depending on your on the tradition that you come from, if you come from a Christian tradition, um, Holy Week in a lot of other traditions is a huge deal. Um, in our tradition at City Church, it has not really yeah. been made a, a, yeah. a big deal. You know, we've almost always had a, a Good Friday service. Um, but really, almost always, almost always. Yeah, I think that we didn't do it a couple of years. Um, almost yeah. always, um, like the very end of Holy Week and Easter. Yes, yeah. and and actually, a part of it is because of what you were saying in the in the beginning of just like every Sunday is a Resurrection Sunday, post resurrection. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that is true. Um, but there's also, I think, something just really beautiful uh, to to enter into a practice that so many Christians have have, have done o- over the centuries and to take an entire week that just feels incredibly slow and intentional. Yeah. Um, if, if Easter, the, the transition out of Lent into Easter should be this, this just very like dark to light change, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. But, but Holy Week in, in, in one way is, is like that, that culmination of that journey where it just kind of almost slows down and you have to really contemplate and think before that change happens, you know. Yeah. So we'll be doing a Good Friday service mm-hmm. uh, th- this year as well, and I'm really stoked about um, Holy Saturday as well. Yeah. It's going to be our, our Rise and Shine, which is a new tradition for us. We started last year. Um, you'll hear more details on that yeah. coming too. But. Personal recommendation: This is not official city church <laughs> recommendation. Personal recommendation to apply Joel's recommendation to slow down during Holy Week. One of the things I started doing the last two years, maybe it's his third year, is to watch the movie A Hidden Life. Oh. It will force you to slow down. I heard that is very slow. It is a slow slow movie. And it is painful. Uh, But but it fits with Holy Week in so many ways. Um, I'll I'll leave it there. It's a a fitting movie to watch every year. So So not Uh, Passion of the Christ. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could. Yeah, we're doing yeah. that movie. Okay. Yeah. It, uh, they take different approaches. They take different approaches. Okay. Yeah. So, a hidden life. Uh, and you can watch it, but don't be mad at me after you watch, <laughs> <laughs> after you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right. Okay. Well. Fellas, now we appreciate the time. Like uh, as we let us as a church just be praying for this time of Lent, as we step into our personal disciplines of fasting, and then also our communal practice of of doing a Monday Monday Thursday meal, uh, as we're continuing to form ourselves through uh, through this time through the liturgical calendar. All right, y'all, that's been uh, it's been real. It's been real, y'all. We're gonna go ahead and sign off. Uh, we love you, City Church. We'll see y'all soon.